Okay, can y'all hear me or? How about now? I think we're having, there we go. Uh, good to see you here this morning. Like I said, we've still got a number of people out. But what's here, I feel like you're supposed to be here. Uh, I thought it was a coincidence this morning of the songs that were sung. As far as I know, Becky didn't know what my sermon was about. I didn't know what songs they were going to sing. But my sermon this morning is entitled, Death is an Enemy. We sing about death this morning. Death is a part of life. We don't like it, but we brought it on ourselves. And I just want us to keep in prayer. Betty Glenn here, she just lost a son just very recently. Lost him to cancer. And uh, he's home now. He's home with his Lord. He's home with his Savior. Just like that song, I won't have to worry anymore. He's home. He's walking the streets of gold. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no tears. There's no more sickness. He's healthy, he's whole, and he's complete. And then one day, she'll see him again. Amen. So y'all keep Betty in prayer. It's still, like I said, death is an enemy because it takes loved ones from us. She's got another son. He has cancer. Y'all pray for him. Betty is a very strong lady. And she believes in her heart, all of her heart, about her God. Death is one day, here in 1 Corinthians 15.26 says that death is an enemy to man. But it says the last enemy shall be destroyed is death. One day, death will be no more. It will be totally gone. Death is an enemy. Like I said, it takes away people. It takes away our loved ones. It takes away our family, our friends. It leaves a void in our life when we lose somebody. I, have, I was thinking about this as I was doing this. I've lost my, all my grandparents. I've lost my mother, my father. I've lost my sister. I'm the only one left. My family is gone, except for my church family and my wife, you know. My daughter, I've got my daughter. But as far as my family, my siblings, my mother and dad and them, they're all gone. It leaves a void, you know, especially holidays. That is probably the hardest time is the holidays. When you're so used to being with family, with friends, your parents, your loved ones, and all of a sudden, they're not here anymore. Death leaves such a void in our life. And you know, the thing about it is, God never meant for people to die. God didn't mean for people to die. Just think about something. In the Garden of Eden, just think, there was no death, no pain, no tears, no suffering. There was no military, there was no police, there was not anything. It was a 
perfect place. It was a perfect place for just a short time. And then he set man into the garden. And when he did this, he did something. He gave them a will of their own. He gave them a free will to make their own choices and their own decision. They didn't listen to what God said. They did their own thing, what they wanted to do. They went against God's word. They rebelled against a holy, holy God. And that rebellion is called sin. And God cannot look upon sin. The Bible teaches that death came because of sin. And today, because of sin, death still reigns over the whole human race. Death is still here. It will be here until the Lord Jesus himself comes back and takes us home. Death is a judgment upon mankind because of sin. What does it say in Romans 6.23? We all know what it says. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Wages is a price that is paid. And the price that we paid for our sin is death. But I like what, when it goes on here. What does it say? But the gift of God is eternal life. God's love was so great for us. He said the wages of sin is death. But through my son that I'm going to send. That gift through him will bring you eternal life. God never quit loving us. He's disappointed, I'm sure, but he never quit loving us. He loved us enough that he let his own son come to this earth and die and pay the price for our sin. You know, we're all sinners and we are under a sentence of death. We may not realize that, but we are under a sentence of death. Hebrews 9.27 verifies this. It says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, we all have an appointment with God. We just don't know when it is. But we have that appointment. And he says here, and he's appointed unto man wants to die, but after this is the judgment. We have an appointment with God to face our sins if we're still in those sins. And the only way we're going to get out of those sins is through his son Jesus Christ. And but, the, but the Bible also teaches that this enemy called death at one time is going to be destroyed forever. One of these days, there will never, ever be death again. The day is coming when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will come back. He was reigned as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And everything that resists the will of God will be destroyed. God is going to destroy sin. It will be destroyed. And the last enemy that will be destroyed, like it says, is death. 
but it will be destroyed. All who believe and serve the Lord Jesus Christ will take part in the resurrection and they were going to be given new bodies. Betty's son has a brand new body. Cancer free. No more cancer, but a brand new body. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> these bodies are not going to be like these old bodies we got now. It's going to be what we call a glorified body. It's going to be a body like Christ had when he was resurrected from the tomb. To be a body like Christ has. It will be glorious, powerful, spiritual, immortal, imperishable, sin proof, and age proof. And it's also going to be death proof. There will ever be no more death to this new body that we will have. We will have a glorified body just like what Christ had. That's what the Bible tells us, that we will have a glorified body, a body like Christ. And the Bible teaches that this enemy called death, really and truly, it's already been defeated. We still see men dying, but if they're in the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment that they close their eyes in death, they're home with the Lord. They're home. They're not going through these things in this world anymore. You know, death, really death was defeated at the cross. And at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death was defeated. Sin was defeated. The devil was defeated. It just hadn't all taken place yet. Oh, it's taken place, but we still see things happening. But you know, us as a Christian, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving Him into our life, it says that when the devil comes against us, that we can rebuke the devil. We can rebuke him. But there's too many of us that, sits, that still sit around and when he comes, we entertain him. We invite him in instead of telling him, Satan, get out of here. I have no part of you. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're not welcome here. I like that story. It said that the devil came one day and knocked on this man's door. The man looked out the peephole. He saw it was a devil. This was a Christian man. He turns around. He walks back in. And hollers, Jesus, it's for you. <laughs> That's what we need to do. When the devil comes knocking, you, you alert that Holy, Holy Spirit, it's for you. Let the Holy Spirit take care when the enemy comes around. Spirit dwells. That Spirit is with you wherever you go, whatever you do. And you know, Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. What was He talking about? He was talking about the very presence of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. The very Spirit of God Himself living on the inside of us. That's where our power comes from. That's where your boldness comes from. Until you're filled with that Holy Spirit, so many times we become like that meek little lamb. When we should rise up 
against the wrongs that's going on in this world. We should rebuke them in the name of Jesus that's going on in this world right now. We need to all, the churches need to come together in prayer. Asking God, God, step in. Take care of this mess. We need to turn this over to God. But first of all, we need to get God back into some of the places that we've taken Him out of. Do you realize a number of churches they've taken God out of them? Preaching on the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't hear it anymore, do you? They don't want to preach on the blood. Oh, that's too gory. Let me tell you something. It's the blood of Christ that's going to get you to heaven. Songs about the blood. Oh, we don't want to sing about that blood. You ought to be praising the blood and what it's done for you. The church is becoming meek. The church is becoming kind of laid back. Oh, well, I know that, that maybe one of the other churches will do it. What's wrong with our church doing it? You know, I like what it says. And I, I did a deal here the other day on, on the tribulation. And it was talking about during the period of tribulation, there is going to be such a revival take place that the world has never seen. Tribulation starts hitting. And all of this terror, this diseases, this famine, this pestilence, and everything starts rising up. These people are going to see all this. And they're going to start falling on their knees begging God to come into their life. There's going to be a revival like the world has never seen. They say it'll probably be the greatest revival that there ever was or ever will be. Thousands of people saved. I mean, through, excuse me, through the tribulation. It's in Revelations, but it's through the tribulation. There is going to be such a move in the power of God Oh, but many people are still, just like today, reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though they're going through all this stuff, they're, they're going to reject Him. And that's what is so sad. They have the opportunity to say yes while they're going through all this stuff. They see it happening. But yet, they're going to say, no, I don't want no part of Him. And it says in, in Revelation, in, in, I, I believe it's in the, uh, whatever the bowls are poured out, that some of the hailstones that are going to fall will weigh as much as a hundred pounds. Falling on men, falling on people, falling on the, the, the animals, the, the, the homes, everything. There's going to be such a destroyed place because the people would not repent. And they say, why is this happening? I look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. We know why that happened, the Bible tells us. Because of all the sin, because of all the lust, because of all the vile happenings. God said, I can't look at that and I can't put up with it anymore. And he destroyed those two cities. One day, he's going to destroy this earth. We're going to have a new place, though. 
a new place called the New Jerusalem. You know, and most of your theologians right now believe it is already in the heavens ready to come down. We are so close to Jesus Christ coming back. When he comes back and he takes this church out of here, there's going to be such a chaos. A chaos that this world has never seen or shall it ever see it again. That's what the Bible says. It, this world will see a tribulation that it's never seen, that it's never known of, and that it will never see again. And just think about some of the tribulations that's gone through. Think about the flood. Wiped out everybody but eight people. Few animals. The only people saved was Noah and his family. And there was eight of them. They had to start all over. Sometimes I think God has to sit in heaven and look down and shake his head. Why did I let them start over? Why are we like we are? Why do we do the things we do? Why don't we look at what God's Word says and do what His Word says? We don't. But you know, God still loves us and he's, His Son's blood is still forgiving sins. It's still forgiving sin. Just like right here it says, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That's why Jesus came. It's to shed His precious, His holy, His sinless blood so that we could be forgiven. Why did God require that when a lamb was slain, it had to be without spot and it had to be without blemish? It had to be a perfect lamb to present to God. God had the perfect lamb to give for us. And that was His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ represented the slain lambs that forgave man's sins back in the Old Testament. It all started with the animals, came down to Jesus to show us that Jesus was God's perfect lamb. You know, even John called Jesus a lamb when he first arrived on the scene. He looked at it. Oh, look, it's the lamb of God. He was talking about Jesus. He might not have known everything he was saying, but he certainly knew the purpose of a lamb. And that was to be slain for the sins of man. All the way back there, John was already calling Jesus the Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb, the Lamb without spot, the Lamb without blemish. Yes, without the shedding of Jesus' blood, we would have no forgiveness of sins. And that's the very reason that Christ came and died on that cross. Matter of fact, in 1 John 1.7, it tells us, the blood of Jesus Christ the Son of God cleanses us from all sin. I know it starts out that He is the light, and then, but it ends up right here. 
the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sins. That's the only thing there is that cleanses us from sin is the blood of Christ and our faith and our belief in Jesus Christ. And without that shed blood of Christ, there's no cleansing. And apart from Christ's death, there is no victory over death. When Christ died, he also defeated death. He died. But what happened? On that third day, he arose from that grave. He defeated death. He was showing us that when we die, this is exactly what's going to happen. We're going to defeat death. We're going to rise up our spirit and we're going to go be home with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our spirit. We have a body and we have a spirit. The spirit is the real man. <coughs> the spirit is what lives on the inside of you. The spirit is what guides you. The spirit is what speaks to you. That's your real man. Just kind of like it says over in Corinthians 15. This body is merely a tent that the spirit lives in until we go home to be with God. We're just living in this. This is not us. And I've said it at many funerals. And when you walk by and you look into that coffin, that person is not there. That's not them. Their spirit has left that body and is at, is at home with Jesus Christ. They're not there anymore. That is just a body that will someday be resurrected and reunited with that spirit. But right now, that's just a body. That's the house in which the spirit lived. The real person, if they know Jesus Christ, is at home. Yes, death is an enemy. And we brought that enemy onto ourselves. You know, Jesus died so that we could live. He, he came to die so that we could have life, so that we could live. And he removed the sting of death by taking away the fear of judgment. How many of us have a fear of judgment? What if you stood before Jesus Christ right now? What do you think he'd say to you? Do you think he would say, Welcome home, good and faithful servant. I've been waiting for you. Or would he say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's up to us as to how Jesus addresses us when we come and stand before him. What's he going to say to us? What's he going to say? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe in your heart that He is the Son of God, that He died and He rose again on that third day, then it says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your name. The moment you call upon Jesus Christ, the Lamb's Book of Life is opened, your name is wrote in it. Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life today. If, if, they, if, if God opened up the book, would He see our name? Would He see our name? Then in Romans 8.1, 
gives us some assurance. There is therefore now, the moment you accept Jesus Christ, there is there, there is therefore now, this moment, no condemnation or no judgment if you've accepted Jesus Christ. You're innocent. You're not guilty. You have no sin. It's been removed. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And But then it goes on to say a little something else. And we have to pay attention to it. Who, it says that we are in Christ Jesus. Those who walk not after the flesh or after the things of the world, but after the Spirit. We got to walk with the Spirit and not the world. A lot of people don't. Want, a lot of people want to stop up there, where there now is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But it goes on just a little bit further. We have to read the Scripture in context. You read the whole Scripture. That's how many people get the Scripture to say what they want it to say. They take it out of context. They love to add two or three Scriptures to it to make it say what they want it to say. It says, but... There is now no condemnation or no judgment to those or in those who are in Christ Jesus, who accepted Christ Jesus, who walk not after the things of the world, but after the Spirit, to follow the Spirit. And that Spirit is, like I said, is Almighty God's Spirit in you. I was thinking about something here a while ago whenever we was singing those songs. You know, I have preached a number of funerals. And there was one funeral in particular that I remember. The family was very distraught. The weeping, and they're trying their best to hold it back. Trying not to cry. I saw what was going on. I stopped. I looked at that family. I said, go ahead and cry. There is nothing wrong with mourning over somebody that you love. Sometimes that's the best thing we can do is get that cry out of us. Don't try to hold it back. If you've lost somebody and you love them, God understands it. He understands you mourning over someone you love. If you're crying over someone, that somebody was meant something special to you for you to cry over them. And you know, as I was thinking about that, do y'all realize when Moses died? He died just before he went into the promised land. God understood how sorrowful the people were. The people loved Moses. God gave the Israelites 30 days to mourn over Moses. And then they would begin their journey again. 
He knew how much they loved Moses. He knew their hearts were for Moses. He knew how they were feeling. God loved Moses. Matter of fact, the Bible says, for Moses was a friend of God's. God looked at Moses as a friend. But, but God did not let Moses go into the promised land because of disobedience. And do y'all realize the Bible says that God buried Moses himself. Nobody knows where the body is. Not even the devil. Only God knows where he buried Moses. Now Moses' spirit is in heaven. But he knew how much the people loved Moses. He knew what the death of Moses, the pain and the hurt and the sorrow and the agony that it was causing the people. So he gave them 30 days to mourn for Moses. To get it out of their system so that they could move on and go into that promised land that God had set before them. Yes, God understands about mourning. God understands our hurts. You don't have to try to hide anything from God. God knows everything about you. He knows everything about you. You know, in Revelations 14, 13 it says that we should not sorrow like those who have no hope. We should not sorrow like those who have no hope. you got loved ones. You know it. You know what their position is. You know their heart for Jesus Christ. If they love the Lord Jesus Christ and accepted Him, they're in heaven. They had the hope. Is for blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. You know, even over in Psalms, I believe it's chapter 16, I believe it's verse 15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. His saints, when he sees one of his saints leave this world makes God happy because they're coming home to Him. They're leaving this place. They're leaving all this ugliness. They're leaving all this turmoil. But they're coming home to Him. You know, when we see a loved one die, the way we look at it, oh, they're leaving me. But how does God look at it? Oh, they're coming home to me. See, God sees it in a different way than we see it. Dad says, he says, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his saints. Because they're not going to be here anymore. We're going through this mess. They're going to be home with him. Having joy forevermore. You know, those who have gone to heaven in Christ are a lot happier than we are here. And they wouldn't come back here for anything if you begged them. After they got a glimpse of heaven, after they come into the presence of God, say, hey, I'm going to stay right where I'm at. 
I wish you were here. And out of that mess you're in down there on that earth. That's the, let me ask you a question. What about, what about the death of the unbeliever? I think that's the hardest funeral I've ever had to preach. It was the death of an unbeliever. The only thing I could do was preach a salvation message to tell others that you don't want to, in a roundabout speaking, you don't want to go where this one is gone. And there's a way to bypass it. And that's through Jesus Christ. The death of an unbeliever, as I, it says here, the death of an unbeliever was described by a man who witnessed the passing of his friend who was not a believer. And this man said, as I stood looking in at that coffin, he said, I felt something I have never felt before. I felt an awful sorrow, a sorrow of no hope whatsoever. I felt a gloomy terror. And I felt a sickness in my stomach that I had never felt before. That I had, did not even know what it was. He knew his friend had no hope. He knew his friend was not being in heaven. He knew his friend had made it to the depths of hell. He said that was the worst feeling he had ever had. Like I said, I've been at funerals. I've, I've seen what takes place at the believer's funeral. Kind of you feel a joy because the family and the loved ones know that their loved one is not going through this life here anymore, but they're at home with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not sick anymore. They're home. Whereas an unbeliever, they don't know what to think. They go through all kinds of things. I've had unbelievers approach me after a funeral. Ask me, do you think my loved one went to heaven? How do you answer that? I simply tell them, have you ever heard the story of the thief on of the of the thief on the cross that was about to die and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. That thief had only moments to live. And he looked over at Jesus. There was, there was two thieves and Jesus. One thief still railed, made fun of Jesus and laughed at him. The other thief said, Why do you do this? This man is innocent and we're getting what we deserve. And then he looked at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. The Lord Jesus Christ said, This very day you shall be with me in paradise. That thief got, never done one thing right until that moment that he confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. We don't know what takes place in the last few minutes of a person's life. That thief had just moments before he died on that cross. But he got to paradise. This day you shall be with me in paradise. It's hard to answer that. Because we don't know what takes place in the last moments of a person's life. 
And I'd rather tell them something like that because it's the truth than say, no, I'm sorry, your loved one's burning in hell right now. There's always that hope. There's always that chance that in the last moments of their life, it hit them. I better do something. No, death is an enemy to man. It is an enemy to man. You know, and again, like we said, to the believer, to the person who has faith in Lord Jesus Christ, when a believer dies in Christ, the Bible says, they go immediately into the presence of Christ. Immediately. The moment their eyes close in that eternal sleep, they, the Spirit, goes home to be with Jesus. Goes home to be with the Lord. They pass into a new world that is free from sin, from pain, from sickness. No more sorrow in their life. No tears. And no more death. For death has been destroyed forever for them. They'll never see death again. It's destroyed for them. Yes, the last enemy we will, that will be destroyed is death. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.16, to be in this body, we are absent from the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as we're in this body, we are not in the presence of Christ. But to be absent from this body is to be at home with the Lord. Like I said, if Jesus came back right now and he called you to stand in front of him, where would you be with him? So today, I'm going to ask the band to come up here. So today I'm asking you to make sure that you know that Jesus Christ is in your heart and that you are ready to face that great enemy, the greatest enemy of mankind, death. Are you ready to face that death? Are you ready to go through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil? Will Christ's rod and staff comfort you? Is Christ yours? Do you belong to him? Here in Psalms 23.4 it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. If you belong to Christ, then he walks with you in that moment of death, comforting you. You don't walk through that valley by yourself. You walk in the presence of the Spirit of God. He's comforting you as you go through that valley. If you're here today, and some of the questions I've asked today, if you stood before Jesus Christ and He asked you, why should I let you in heaven? What are you going to say to Him? He asked, do you believe in my Son Jesus Christ? What are you going to say to Him? You can't lie to Him because He already knows what you think. He knows where your heart is.
We don't know what today holds. We don't know what's going to happen this day. Some of us may never make it home. We don't know that. But say something happens. Will you be with the Lord Jesus Christ? Many people got up this morning, did their thing, went in, showered, shaved, brushed their teeth, got ready to go out, not realizing that they'd never be get back to that house again. This would be their last day to walk out of that house. It'd be car wreck, heart attack, any number of things. And most of the time, death comes suddenly. It comes suddenly. Many times you don't have a chance to pray. We need to be prayed up. We need to have Jesus living in our heart. That when things do happen, and it's going to happen, and no telling how many people today will lose their life. We don't know that. We don't know how many people. Thousands? Hundreds of thousands? We don't know. I just pray that whoever it is, whether it's us, somebody here, me, my wife, whoever, that you know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the important thing. When He's in your life, well, there's other stuff you don't have to worry about. He's taking care of it. Through His blood, through His sacrifice on the cross, He's made the way for you to come into heaven. If you're here today and you're not sure, if you're not sure what would take place if you stood before Jesus, you can be sure before you leave here today. We have an altar. Come up. Kneel at that altar and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, to come into your heart, to fill you with His Spirit, and to walk with you throughout this life here on earth. You're asking Him to walk with you but you also have to walk with Him. I'm going to ask the band to play. If you're here today and you're not sure, please don't leave here until you invite Jesus Christ into your heart. Mm-hmm.